Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, music team. Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. And to those of you who are out there online watching us, we welcome you and we're so happy that you've decided to join us this morning and we hope that you will enjoy the service. I'm Lois Jones, the platform assistant today, and I'll be sharing the announcements and upcoming events. If you are a first-time visitor here, the ushers will have a welcome packet for you as you leave the sanctuary. Please join us after service in the social hall. Enjoy refreshments and treats prepared by our wonderful hospitality team, and then just enjoy conversation with one another. The ukulele group will meet today at 11.15 through until 1 p.m. in room 9. Come and enjoy the fun of learning and playing the ukulele. All are welcome. Join Critical Conversations tomorrow, Monday, January 22nd at 7 p.m. These conversations help us to better understand one another's life's journeys as we discover, share, and, dis and discuss our different life experiences. Click on the Zoom link on our website to join this powerful conversation. Infants and tots are welcome in our newly uh, furnished nursery while you enjoy the service. Miss Donna, Op Donna Opoka <laughs> lovingly awaits your little ones ages five and under. You can trust that they are safe and in reliable hands. Please join us for launching our health and wellness ministry on next Sunday, January 28th from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. in the social hall. This ministry will provide fundamental, the fundamental resources to assist with the prevention of disease while promoting a healthy, loving church community. For more information, see Lynette Kelly. Lynette is in the back of the sanctuary there. <clears throat> Making Whitestone Vision Boards has been rescheduled to February 4th at 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. in Room 2 and hosted by the Veterans Peer Support Group and facilitated by Reverend Kelly. Let's visualize our hopes and dreams for 2024. Everyone is welcome. Let's enjoy another theater fun day and honor our volunteers with a volunteer recognition luncheon on Sunday, February 11th at 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. In order to reserve seats for the play, 
Lend Me a Tenor, that's the name of the play, see Lois Jones after service to sign up for tickets. I think she'll be in the social hall. <laughs> tickets are $20 and must be paid for ASAP. Please renew your annual membership to vote in the 20 to vote on the 2024 budget at our annual meeting on Sunday after service, Sunday, February 18th at 11.30 a.m. To renew or become a new member, go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, yes, yes. You're, you're two people. Individual. We know you go together. <laughs> Fill out the 2024 annual membership form and click submit. Sue Serlin Resnick is our prayer chaplain today and she'll be available to pray with you back at the patio doors right after service. All others are asked to exit immediately after service to allow a quiet space for prayer. To stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that's emailed every Friday. And now let us prepare for the daily word and our opening prayer as the music team sings, Surely the Presence. Thank you. sunny Sunday day. <laughs> okay, we're going to go ahead and do the daily word, the reading of the daily word. So if you feel led to close your eyes to listen, feel free to do so. Otherwise, you can keep them open and probably read along. Sunday, January 21st, 2024. Energetic. Our, mess, our affirmation reads, the limitless energy of spirit flows through me. And our message reads, I smile as I watch children play. Their boundless energy seems so natural, so effortless. When I want to claim this same zeal and enthusiasm for myself, I remember these gifts are already within me. Centered in this awareness, I feel renewed vitality. As I take care of my family, move through my workday, enjoy time with dear ones, or volunteer in my community, I engage in it all with enthusiasm and feel my energy build. If I feel my enthusiasm faltering, I, do, I don't despair. Instead, I pause for a moment to feel the quickening energy of spirit, the divine life and strength that are flowing through me. As I am revitalized, the world feels new. I, I shimmer with energy and go about doing all I feel called, called to do. Our Bible verse for today comes from Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. Let us pray. So let's gently close our eyes if you haven't already done so. Just take a deep cleansing breath. 
Allow your attention to flow right down to the center of your chest, which we call our heart center. Allowing the feeling of love to flow through your heart. Allowing your mind to be at peace and free. Quieting yourself down. As we open up to that one power, that one presence, that one activity that is active in our lives and in the universe. God the good, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. And God, as we tune into your energy, as we tune into your spirit, as we quiet ourselves down to come into the feeling of that oneness with you, we allow every concern to float out of our mind right now with the absolute trust and faith that you are perfecting every single thing that concerns us, every single person that concerns us. And as we just sit in the space of quiet, just for a little bit inside of our heart space, we release what we think we know, open our minds up to be coachable, let the spirit bring into our consciousness a readiness for the message, an openness to hear, receive, and understand on a deeper level what is going to be said, and the willingness to be the demonstration of what we are called to do. So let's just sit just for a brief little bit feeling relaxed in the flow of love and peace. Knowing that in this right now moment, all is well. Thank you, God, for your divine gift of love that loves us no matter what and is teaching us how to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love ourselves more deeply as you see us and teach us and guide us to do so. And then to be the expression of loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so we close this meditation by lifting this prayer in the name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. I love that. Don't you love that? Now let's do our statement of being in a flow. <laughs> Together, God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. We'll say it two more times like you mean it. Together, I am an individualized expression of God. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. Yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, me too. 
<laughs> I'm in a silly mood today, so just get, hold on to your hat. <laughs> We're going to do our growth affirmation, our U of H growth affirmation. And if you laugh, you're going to give me more energy. <laughs> Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuaries, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. The most, the most fun and appropriate videos. Let's give them all a hand again. <laughs> Howard said people think that uh, he picks them, but we know it's you, Lauren, so thank you. <laughs> What'd you say, Lauren? It's a team effort. <laughs> yeah, I like that when everyone comes together in one team, <laughs> which reminds you you can say thank you. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah you can. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to thank everybody that came yesterday to help us with undecorating. Sometimes that can be kind of a bummer, but it was so much fun. I think we had 13 or 14 We had 14 people, people here. here. It was a riot. So thank you. Give Let's give them a hand. Applause. Feel good? Good. And let's give Faith a hand for leading it. 
Oh, wow. <clears throat> so we are finishing up the second part of the book of Revelation, which is dealing with the messages that Jesus had for the seven churches in Asia Minor. And we're on the seventh church right now. Um, sounds like an echo when I'm talking. A little bit of an echo. <clears throat> um, so the last church is the church of Laodicea. And it's interesting because Jesus' message was for each individual church specifically, but the message resounds for us all now. And at the end of each one, he says that the, um, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit, what the Spirit is saying and understand what he's saying to all of the churches. So that represents all of us. In this church... Jesus is calling to them in a specific way that's a little bit different than the other churches. Because as we read the letters of the other churches, he is giving a title of who he is to remind them of who he is. And usually it's an aspect from the, what, like I told you, the description of the vision that John saw when he saw Jesus in the beginning of Revelation. So it starts off normally with a title or a description of Jesus. And then there's a commendation. There's a way that Jesus is praying and acknowledging the, ch a church, the church for something. Then the other letters, he is also has a com complaint against the churches. And then he gives a charge or he tells the church to continue to do what they're doing if there isn't a complaint. And then he gives a reza, um, what you can what you can look forward to receiving as a reward when you've done what it is that he's calling you to do or challenging you to do. Now, in this book, I mean, in this letter to the church of Laodicea, he doesn't give any praise at all. This, this letter is about him complaint, not a complaint. It's a complaint, but it's more of a acknowledging where they need to truly strengthen themselves. And actually, the main thing he's talking to them about, we tend to fall into on our, in our own way as well. In some way, shape, or form, at some time of our life, we've gone into what he's talking to the church about. And so the title of my talk today is From Lukewarm to Spiritual Judgment, because he's telling this church that they are lukewarm. I'm going to share a couple things about late. Laodicea for you. The title, the, the name came from the wife of the person who founded the city. Her name was Laodice. And so Laodicea came from there, that name. But that, that church was in a city that was very prosperous and self-sufficient. They were a church that had their own banking industry their own clothing manufacturer, and they also had a powerful medical school that created this ointment, this salve that you could use for your eyes, and there's an ingredient in it, bor um, boric acid, that is still used in eye wash today. They were so prosperous that people would come through and use their banking. Their clothing manufac manufacturer was manufactured from sheep that were breed it in such a way that they produce black wool, black, shiny, fluffy wool that was used for this unique for, uh, material that they would make in tunics and things like that. And not only did they sell them within their own city, they sold them globally too. So they were pretty prosperous to the point that where they lived, which was similar to Philadelphia, there were earthquakes. At one point, there was an earthquake that was so bad it destroyed the whole city. But when the government wanted to give them a stimulus check, <laughs> I'm just saying, they did. The government wanted to help them financially. They said, no, we'll do it ourselves. So they had enough money financially to, to rebuild their own city and build it even grander than it was before it was destroyed in the earthquake. That's how um, prosperous they were. That's how... Uh, industrious they were. That's how booming the city was. And it spilled into the church to the point where the church feels like it's self-sufficient. 
Like they're excited about the blessings and they're focused directly on the worldly blessings. There's another point that I need to share about this because these aspects that I'm describing, Jesus is going to refer to them in this letter to Laodicea. They didn't, as, as wealthy as they were, they didn't have a water supply. But they lived um, in between two different cities, Hierop uh, Hierapolis. Uh, man, I, I, I had it in my mind when I, Hierapolis, thank you, Hierapolis and Colossae. Now, Colossae had, had cold water, refreshing water, and they had it tunneled in. They had these pipes that would bring the water in. And then the other, state, the other city had hot springs, so they would tunnel the water in. They piped the water in that way. But by the time the water got to them, it was lukewarm. And if you were a foreigner and you were not used to that lukewarm water, when you went to drink it, it would make you vomit. It would make your stomach nauseous. This is important for you to get this because Jesus refers to this in his letter. So now one of the things I want you to notice is that remember when I went over the descriptions, when we were going through the parables, we said the parables were stories that Jesus used from everyday lives, but there was always a spiritual message in that story. Well, the letters, if you, re, if you re, just go back and refer back to the letters, each one of the letters has something specific to that church that Jesus referred to, and here he's going to refer to it as well, when he went into his complaint or when he went into his acknowledgement of praise for that specific church. And so let's go ahead and read this church to, I mean, this letter, this message to the church in Laodicea. It's in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 22. If you want to close your eyes and listen and imagine, you feel free to do so. As I said, it's entitled, The Message to the Church in Laodicea. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You, you say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that is, has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich also by white garments from me. So you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes. So you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be obedient and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Um, I ask you to close your eyes with me. Let's just pray real quick. <sighs> Thank you, God, for this message, for the way that you are bringing it to us, showing us how it can be relevant in our lives today and showing us how we can move forward in a greater way with the potential that lies within us. So we let our, I let my human decrease, God, and let spirit increase. Thank you so much, God. Amen. Now, I've been sitting with this pretty deep, deeply because I've been looking at uh, different ways in my life that I may have been what would be considered lukewarm myself. Now, this church, as I told you, um, was so caught up in their own accomplishments and the wealth that they had, they were, they were not, and they were also doing things for the community, and they were doing and sharing their finances with each other, and the church was doing really well, too. They were giving in and tithing to the church as they were supposed to, but there was a part of them that was doing it based off of being puffed up in the pride of what they've accomplished on their own. They had forgotten that what they had accomplished was through God. 
They had started off with that and with the way, because that was how they became one of the popular churches along that stream that they got the letter that Jesus had them, had John write for this church. But along the way of being prosperous, along the way of earning their wealth, along the way of growing that church, along the way of stepping into the things that they wanted to accomplish as a church and as individuals, they lost the fact that they were supposed to do it in relationship with God, that they were supposed to do it as they were guided by God, that they were supposed to do it by the passion and the touch of their, con- their relationship with God. And sometimes we do the same thing. We get excited about the things that we have. We get excited about our accomplishments, how well we're doing financially, even how well we may be doing in our our families and our relationships and all of that. And sometimes we have moments where we forget that we are not doing it alone. And when we do, the choices that we're making in that moment lack the Acknowledgement of God, the tuning into and being guided by God, the inner relationship that allows us to be the presence of God by letting our presence be present when we share with other people. So we come in and we smile and we do things and we're excited, but we think we're the only ones doing it. We're not. It's the God in you doing it. And the beautiful thing is you have choice in how it shows up. You think a thought and choose to do something, you don't do it. God does it through you. We are instruments of God. We are God's hands and God's feet. So whatever you choose to do, the only thing that you really don't have choice over is waking up in the morning, when you're going to pass away, your heartbeat, those involuntary functions in your body. You don't have control over that all the time because it is possible to slow down your heart rate, so that you can slow down your blood pressure. It is possible to change your digestive system. It is possible to heal, move into, uh, open up yourself to heal with God. You can do those things. But it's still the God doing it in you. You choose to say, I want to be at peace. You choose to calm yourself down. You choose to lower your, your, um, your blood pressure. And God does it. God does whatever it is you choose. Even if you choose to go to a certain job, you choose to to go do an interview, you choose to get your resume together, you choose to pay for some stocks and and you earn some interest off of it and it does well, you choose to marry somebody and the relationship goes well, you choose to be a mother, a father, all of those things are not just you doing it. You make the choice. God does the work in you and through you. We have to really get that. Otherwise, we'd be walking through life thinking we're the only ones doing it. And your life is not full. Your life is not complete. There's always going to be a piece missing. And it was in Laodicea as well. And then the choices that you make will be limited choices no matter how infinite they seem because you're only using your human side. So as far as God's concerned, there are poor choices made from poor judgment because you're not using the discernment that you're created to have inside of you. Does that make sense? I'm listening. And it's interesting because I'm really feeling. So when Jesus says that he is the I am, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. What he's talking to is the parts where he said in the the Gospels, verily, verily, I say unto you, or so be it. He's he's the last, and he's the beginning and the last of God's creation because as God created, God created him first, spirit. In John, the Gospel of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, And the Word was God. It says that everything that was created was created by the Word. It also says that the Word came and became flesh. And the Word dwelt among them, but they did not know it. What that that is talking about spiritually is Jesus. That Jesus was the Word that was created by God 
to create all of creation. And here when he says, I am the I am, I am the amen, <clears throat> the faithful and true witness, <clears throat> the beautiful thing about that is that when he came, my throat's all dry now, <clears throat> he came to be a witness in a way that we can witness his demonstration of his relationship with God. And we know this because he would say, it is not me who does these things, but he who sent me. He would say, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. He would say, um, I don't do these things. That is not me who says these, does these things. It's the one who does it in me. He would say, greater things than these ye shall do. Meaning that the same spirit that was in him, that was using him to demonstrate and be witness in this world, that you have the power to do it yourself, dwells in you as well. That's what he means by saying, I am the witness, the true and faithful witness, because he was always transparently honest. Honest. Are we? Are we always honest expressions of God? No. But he came and was absolutely an honest expression of God. Even when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, my soul is tormented to death. That was a temptation to walk away from his purpose, and he did not do it. He did not do it. We always have a temptation to act in a way that's outside of God, act in a way that's unloving, act in a way that holds a judgment, act in a way that holds forgiveness. And we are shown by Jesus how to walk forward in a way of always being a true and faithful witness of the love inside of you. And then when you do, you become the amen. Amen? So as we move on, he says, I know all the things you do. Now, there is a bit of a, in there is a bit of a, a, a compliment, a little bit. I'm acknowledging your actions and all these things. I'm acknowledging them, but they're always lukewarm. Make a choice for me or make a choice not for me to be a follower of my example or not to be a follower of my example. Don't just go along with the flow of what the city is doing. Demonstrate your individuality by showing as a church that you are definitely in relationship with me. That everything you do is to the glory of God. That everything you do is loving your neighbor, like truly loving your neighbor, not acting as if you're loving your neighbor and being a hypocrite because behind the doors you got something to say about them. Or you're thinking it in your mind. Jesus said thinking it is just as powerful as saying it. The other thing as we go forward, he says that I will spit you out. And like I said, when he says that, like a lot of people say, a lot of um, other ministers say, Jesus got sick or God gets sick when well, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. God's going to vomit it out. Spirit does not get sick. That is not the truth. That's how Myrtle Fillmore healed herself. She said, I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit illness. You cannot get sick when you're in the spirit of God. What he's meaning by this is that you are not in relationship with me, with your, with your actions. So you're, when you do this, you're not in alignment with me. So as you say you are, I will not be able to acknowledge you or you not being able to acknowledge me because you're not in the same spiritual consciousness of God. So you act as if you are, but you keep hitting against the wall because you're on the wrong consciousness. You're thinking you're doing it yourself and literally is God in you doing it. This is important for us to know. And, and, and faith will be my witness that I do my best to make everything to the glory of God. I do my, even if it seems like we don't have enough in the bank or whatever, it's like I know we're going to have it. Well, let's look at this, how God would want us to do it. Well, I want to do it this way. This just doesn't seem right. Let me sit. I want to do it as if it seems right. That is an intention of mine in leading this church. I take this so seriously. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not. I make mistakes. I do. But you can charge it to my mind and not my heart. Because my heart honestly wants to do as I am guided by God. And we get distracted. We do. 
And so there's things that we want to do in this church. But what I want to ask you is before you do anything, do you ask for guidance first from the presence of God? Anything, even before you go down and make some coffee in the hospitality team or go to the door to greet, do you sit and let the spirit or come up here and sing? I know in the rehearsals you guys pray, the, the music team prays. They're intentional about that. But even when we're about to hear them sing, do we open our heart to hear, the, the, hear from their, our heart what they're singing? Because they're up here singing from their heart. Like there's many different areas in our, in our mind and in our heart where we need to be in alignment with God. Like every single moment. If you're not, you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. And as a church, we need to do it because if we don't, we're lukewarm. We're lukewarm. So he says, there's a couple ways that I want you to move. He says to them that I love you. What is it, verse 19? I think it's verse 19. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So in verse 18, he gives advice. He says, I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Now, see, they were so prosperous, they minted their own coins. They made their own coins. They were red gold. He's saying, I want you to buy gold from me. Now, what does it mean to buy something from Jesus or to buy it in that space? Jesus is the example. It means to sacrifice your own way of being. Because you give something up. When you buy something, you give something in exchange for something else, right? You give up yourself in exchange of following Jesus. And you give up yourself in exchange of following Jesus in a total expression of faith. Refined gold represents complete, absolute faith in God. That's what it represents. Faith in God. That as I follow Jesus who is guiding me into you, God, I will follow Jesus' way into going inside, listening inside, and being that relationship inside. And from that relationship inside, I will be guided by you, the Christ in me, to become the Christ in expression in this world. That I will take the Son of God in me, which is my Christ divine self, and I will become the Son of Man in this world, which is demonstrating that Christ in you in this world. This is intentional because that's what we're created to be. That's how the only way you can be God's image and likeness is if you intentionally go into God to see what it is you're supposed to be doing because you don't know how you're supposed to show up. The only one who knows how you're supposed to show up is the one who created you. That's why when you buy a car, the best thing to do is take it to the dealership who created the car because they know how it's created. And if you want to figure out what's going on, you go to the owner's manual, you look it up. You want to figure out how to put something together, you go look at the instructions and put it together because the person who made it knows how to put it together. So you go to the manual that was written by the person who made it. The person who made the, the one who made you knows what you need, knows how to show up, knows how to help you show up in a way that you will show up where you will be fully, fully lit up and satisfied. But you got to have absolute faith when you follow Jesus' example into that way of being. Does that make sense? Ooh, I'm feeling lit up myself. All right, all right. So then the next thing he says is that you got to buy the white garments. Now, we've talked about garments before. Garments represent a consciousness. White garments uh, um, signifies and symbolizes righteous consciousness, which means you are in right mind, right relationship, and in spiritual consciousness and spiritual awareness. Quiet as it's kept, y'all. We're supposed to be walking around in spiritual consciousness. When it says to pray unceasingly, it means to consciously always be aware of that spiritual presence inside of you and tune in and seek guidance every single minute of the day. And, to, and, 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 and God knows because God created each and every one of us that it is not possible to continue to do that all the time right now where we are in our level of consciousness. However, it doesn't stop you from being able to try and we're supposed to be intentionally praying unceasingly. And when you do, you feel so good inside, no matter what's going on in your life. No matter what's going on in your life. And then the last thing he says 
is to put ointment on your eyes so you can see spiritually. Like, remember I told you, they made, salt, they made that eye ointment that healed eyes. They also made ear ointment for your ears as well. So having the eyes to see means to see God's presence in your life, to see God's presence, to see and be and act through the eyes of God. That no matter what's going on, you are always in a state of peace and state of stability because you're rooted as you see the world in God. That's deep business. So the beautiful thing is, even though he, could, he criticizes this church and he doesn't have anything to praise them with, he says, I love you so much that I, he says, I correct you with discipline because I love you. He says, be, vigil, be diligent and turn from your indifference. Why is this important? Because we always, always, always have infinite second chances to make our lives even better than they are right now. Even if you are in your highest point in your life right now, if you don't have God, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You can have that and not have God. And I know this because I had a point <laughs> before this time last year where my car was stolen. I was being, um, my daddy said, I'm letting the house go so you got to move. Um, we we, we got to get out of here. And then I didn't have a job. I had been laid off on my job. And I had kids to take care of. Now, had I not been rooted in God and my faith in God, because I had moments where I, I um, had been laid off before, and I was devastated by it. But in this moment when it happened, I wasn't. There was a part of me that was excited about what God was going to do to the point where I called my girlfriends up. I was borrowing my dad's car. Like, I'm driving home, y'all, in my new car, just claiming it, claiming those things that be not as though they were. And I got my new job, y'all. And then when I did get my new car, it's like, it's for real. I really do have my new car. And then I got my new job. I'm done. I am really going to my new job. And as I have my home, I am going because I claimed it. I claimed it. I could, that's how rooted I was in my faith that God wasn't going to let me go, even though my car was stolen, my place was taken, and I didn't have a job. But if you lose everything, and you don't have anything to stand on, how are you going to feel? Like, for real. You ever see somebody who even, like, everything was taken away? I'm going to put you on the spot, Michael. I'm going to put you on the spot. When your wife... Um, the fir your first wife, you had something rooted in you that helped you get it back. There's others in here who had something rooted in them that helped them get it back. You are a strong person to me. And there's others of you who are strong, but I just feel led to pour into you that you are a strong person. I see your faith, Michael. I see it deeply. I don't know why I'm feeling set led to say this, but you guys have been here with me, with, his, with him and, and Riley sitting right there, his, sister, his daughter. You've been on this road with us, with, with, with him and his wife, Roxanne, the, the second one. And there was a strong faith in their, their family. That's a rooted faith. Did you see how packed this place, for those of you who were here for her um, love, her uh, celebration. I'm so, tongue, so full of spirit, I can't even say it. Say it, what was it again? Celebration of life, thank you. It was because faith was rooted in that relationship. Faith was rooted in that household. Faith was rooted in that family. That no matter what was lost, they had that faith and it kept them going. And I've seen it in all the rest of you too. Whether you know it or not, I've seen it in the rest of you. But that was a blatant thing last year that we had that devastated our church that we all had faith and supported each other in it and supported them deeply because we had faith. We held it together. And that's what you do as a church. And you do it with your heart. And you can't do it with your heart like with the Spirit of God unless you're literally rooted in the Spirit of God. We made it through last year. A lot went on. Losing your business manager who had everything wrapped up in all passwords and everything. Just that even at the end of the year, still figuring the stuff out that he did. Because he had everything so lined up. Okay, Matthew. The lights just flickered on and off. 
All right, Matthew. Because he was a powerful business manager. He was really good at his job. And you are doing a good job filling in his shoes, Faith. You are. But to lose that, it knocked her off her feet too because he was close to her. And then Elliot, another member of our church. Doing that can knock you out as a church. Michael called me and said, I'm concerned about you as their minister. But something in me I know is greater than my human part. These shoulders may be little, but something about it is big because I'm rooted in God. And y'all encourage me and I encourage you. But you can't do it unless you have the Spirit of God in you. And that is what we're going to do this year. We're going to step forward with the Spirit of God. And this is what's going to happen. Jesus said there's a reward that happens. And that reward is that you get to be on the throne with Jesus. That as Jesus mastered and became victorious, meaning he overcame anything that was distracting him or a temptation of distracting him from being in that relationship with God, from guiding, being guided by that relationship with God, for always tuning into that relationship with God, and for always following that relationship with God, we are guided to do the same thing, together as a church and individually as well. What will happen is you will be on the throne with Jesus. But this is the kicker, y'all. Y'all don't got to wait till you die to be on the throne. You will be there right now. That deep abiding peace that we see in each other is because we hold each other up in the throne of the consciousness of God. And then the judgment turns into discernment. The poor choices made from poor judgment turns into the, the um, wise choices made from spiritual discernment. We as a church in a, a couple weeks are going to be um, voting on our budget. We're going to be coming together to vote on the new mem- the nominees for our board. We're going to be looking at the, st- the, the status of our church where we are now. And we're going to be walking into a new year together as we are guided by God. I have a charge for you, which is on me. Those of you who decide, who are members of the church and decide, if you're not, decide to be members of the church. My charge is that you sit in your spirit before you come into the annual meeting. Sit in your spirit and note it as you vote. You're casting your vote into something powerful up in this church. We're expanding our territory, which means we are um, broadening our horizons. And as we broaden our horizons, what's going to happen is we're going to strengthen our fellowship together. This is my charge to us as a church. We're broadening our horizons. We're going to strengthen our fellowship together, meaning we're going to have more conversations and not just some, how you doing, I'm doing this. We're going to get to know each other on a deeper level. And then we're going to, we're going to expand our consciousness of prosperity, which is going to move past this financial. We're still working on our, we're still working on our capital campaign, but we're going to give that what was left over from our, 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 our large tithing to the church, like our following God to tithe to the church. And then what's left that we have to give, we'll give that to the capital campaign. So we can bring this church up into a consciousness that's greater than we can ever imagine. And then we're going to go through our consciousness. We're going to hold in our mind, expanding and growing this spiritual community. If we say these affirmations, I'm putting my hand like the affirmations up there. If we're saying the affirmations, But we're not feeling, I say, say it with gusto. I do that on purpose because when you got the Spirit of God in what you're affirming, it opens it up for the truth to happen in your life. What are you affirming over yourselves? And you know what it is through the white stone. Whatever name came to you that you're growing into this year, I charge you to sit with God with it. Imagine through your spirit how it looks. Bring that into this church because that energy is going to charge this church. And come with me forward into a greater 25 years. 
Our next 25 years will be greater than the last 25 years. And let's come together on the throne as spiritual expressions of God, like intentional spiritual expressions of God. Like before you come into here, you sit with God and say, let me be the present that you are by showing my presence to this church and anyone who's new that comes into this church. Are we okay with doing that together? Yes. Are you okay with walking with me in this, in this new vision that I have for our church? Yes. Are you okay with me blessing you and doing it? Yes. Can you close your eyes with me? Can you put your hand over your heart? Can you say, God, change me from lukewarm to spiritual discernment? Together. God, change me from lukewarm to spiritual discernment. Awaken my heart, God. Awaken my heart, God. Awaken my purpose, God. Awaken my purpose, God. And guide me into greater days, God. And guide me into greater days. Make God. me a greater expression of your presence. Making me a greater expression of your presence. That I may be a greater present to the world. That I may be a greater present to the world. Thank you, God. 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 For moving up, for moving us from lukewarm. For moving us from lukewarm. Into spiritual judgment. Into spiritual judgment. And so it is. And so it is. And we let it be. And we let it be. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. With every word you say Mysterious until you know the truth As simple as the love inside of you Call it God, call it Spirit Call it Jesus, call it Lord Call it Buddha angels wings or heaven's door but whatever name you give it it's all one power can't you see it's the power of the Lord in you and me one Different colors, different names. But different is only dangerous when we forget that in the heart we're all the same. We'll remember once we close our eyes to see that such distances were Hashem or heaven's door It's Muhammad, it's your mind It's your soul or it's your son It's the universe, it's music Mother Earth or Father Time But whatever name you give it It's all one power, can't you see? Whatever name you give it, it's the best 
It's an everlasting peace It's the freedom of forgiveness It's the sweetness of release It's the joy of inspiration It's the sunshine on your face It's the birthright of all nations It's the boundlessness of space It's the beauty of a baby The serenity of sleep It's the anger we abandon For it's love that's most deep It's one power One power One power One power What we are is one power One power One I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Woo! Gotta do it. Yes, yes. I gotta do it. I'm giving some high fives, y'all. <laughs> I gotta do it. I got, haven't done it in a while. Giving them some love. Let's give them another hand. Woo! But it's amazing because when Michael's praying like that, he's reflecting what's in it. That's a prayer, that song. Woo, that's a prayer. It's reflecting in all of us. That's why you feel so. That's why you still, that's why you feel the way you feel. And there's a piece I need to say real quick. In the scriptures that we were reading, it says that Jesus is saying that he's knocking at the door. And, he's, and then he, if you hear his voice and open up the door and you come in and you, he will sit with you and he will eat with you. And there's, a, there's a, a picture of that. Have you seen that picture of Jesus knocking on a door? Anybody seen a picture of that? Well, the person who made that picture, he made the picture without a latch on the outside of the door. It's on the inside of the door because it is up to us to step into that power by doing it ourselves, by choosing to be in relationship with God. When you do, you feel like you feel right now. Amen? Amen. Woo! Let's give another hand. We got to give another hand. <laughs> Woo! So God is right now knocking on our door to walk into prosperity consciousness, deeper level. So I, I encourage you right now, close your eyes. I invite you to close your eyes and take a deep breath and feel what you're feeling led to give for your love offering for today. <sighs> Knowing that it is God using you to bless this ministry. And let's go ahead and let's uh, affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And I'm going to do our celebratory uh, offering. I'm blown away, y'all. <laughs> I'm just blown away. My, my whole energy is like, woo, up there. Okay, so just listen to me, and then you'll repeat it after me. Thank you for these gifts of love. Wait a minute. We got to acknowledge who we're thanking. Thank you, God, for these gifts of love coming to, from hearts of love to bless this ministry of love. Now repeat after me. Thank you, God, Thank you, God. for your ever-increasing, ever unceasing, unceasing flow of absolute good, of absolute good. Into, our into our lives now. Now let's stand up and do our prayer for protection, and then we're going to go into our peace song. Woo, woo, woo. I'm feeling God so deep, y'all. Okay. Let's go ahead, and as we do our prayer for protection, let's pray as if we know that we are tuned into the presence of God, and we're just praying for ourselves, this community, and the world. Together, the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us. 
Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.